Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome into Purple After Dark. It's Zolgad, it's Declan Goff, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and also TCL Televisions. Enjoy more with TCL. And, of course, Purple After Dark on Tuesdays includes our good friend, Realistic Randy. And you know what? The Vikings just lost at Detroit. So instead of us, instead of me or Declan sort of rambling to sort of build up to to our our, our realistic Randy set up for a potential meltdown, I'm just going to turn the show to you right now because we have we have all spoken our piece about this. Um and I feel like there's been a lot of lows. Like, like you, like we've talked about a lot of, you know, Vikings sort of bad, you know, lost to San sure. Francisco, blah, blah, blah. This one's special. So I would like to give you the floor for your weekly rant to talk about Mike Zimmer and the Vikings losing at Ford Field. It's really interesting. So I was watching the game, but I wasn't at home. Me and the wife, we were out and about but I was streaming the game on my phone. And right before the final play, I started getting, I want to say, 10 text messages in a row. (laughs) Now, the thing is, when you're streaming on your phone, you're always going to be a play or two behind. My wife is like, "What? why are people texting? And I said, the Lions just won the game. (laughs) So I knew it before the play actually happened. They're not going to text me and say, wow, good job holding off the Lions. Right. I remember not that long ago, gentlemen, watching the then Marvin Lewis-led Cincinnati Bengals and saying to myself, whoever that owner is, what what's their deal? Why are you letting this circus continue year after year? You're going to make the playoffs be one and done, or you're not going to make the playoffs at all, but it's continuity and it's stability. And, what, and I said to myself, couldn't be me, not my team, thank God. Mm -hmm. And to borrow a line from a very underrated movie, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Great film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's good. The universe tends to unfold as it should because it's come full circle now. The Minnesota Vikings right now, they are the Marvin Lewis-led Cincinnati Bengals Mm -hmm. reborn. I feel bad for the fans, quite honestly, because the fans during these eight years – have invested more in this team than the team has invested in themselves. I've got two examples, one a couple of years ago and one from Sunday's game, actually two of them from Sunday's game. But going back to the past, 2017 NFC Championship game, I've got in-laws that are from Philly. And I don't know if I said this on my channel at the time, but I was certainly thinking it. If you're a Vikings fan, don't go to the link. I know football fans, they are rowdy and all that stuff, but Eagles fans, they are something different. Don't go. But they did. (laughs) Yes. And they love their team. And those poor fans, they took beer cans to the head. They got berated by Eagles fans, but it didn't matter because they were supporting their team. The Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings fans showed more fight than the Vikings team did in that NFC championship game. And then go on to Sunday's game. Okay. The Vikings fans that traveled from Minnesota to Detroit. I 
I just hope through all the money that the Wolves have and Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer that the resources that they have just once in a while, do they realize that the fans, the people, they are spending their hard-earned money on you, on this team? Once in a while, can you get your head out of your ass? Why is Ole Udo playing left tackle? The oh. dude can't even play right guard. Yeah. But we're going to play him at left tackle, and that's going to be a great idea. And then the final play of that game, Cam Dantzler. You can't get in a defensive position. You can't get in a defensive stance. The way he was basically standing around and waltzing, he looked, he looked like he was shopping at Costco instead of trying to make a play on defense. But here's what I will say. The whole fire it, I'm done. The Vikings team, organization, do whatever the hell you want. I'm going to cover this team. I do it on my YouTube channel. The fan in me is dead. But here's what I am begging for you. If you want to keep up this charade, fine. And this isn't directed towards the players. This is towards the coaching staff, the entire coaching staff, the front office, and the owners. Stop talking. No more press conferences. Stop talking. Shut up. Every time you talk, you look dumber than you did a second ago. I'm tired of hearing about how this team fought hard. I'm tired of hearing about I believe in these players because they can go out there and compete. I'm tired of hearing about, oh, my God, the games are so close and we're just one play away or from here or there. I'm tired of hearing about it. Shut up. Other than that, I'm looking forward to the next regime if it does happen. And I understand from what it appears, it looks like the Wolf brothers are trying to keep the status quo. If they are going to fire Zim, it would be after the season is over. You need to do it sooner rather than later because you cannot afford to piss off Justin Jefferson. At least if you make a change now, you're acknowledging to him based on your actions, this is unacceptable. Changes are happening, and that's going to be good. But the more that you continue this crap, the closer he gets to forcing his way out of town. Stop talking. Don't you hope that my my theory is this, they're not going to fire Zimmer now, Randy, because I think they're going to fire Spielman and Mike at the end of the season. Um, I think you've got to hit, I, I, I don't think you can hit half of the reset button. I think we're now at a point where you need to say, and you know what? You don't have, this d- doesn't have to be acrimonious. Like this doesn't ha- have to be uh you're fired and get out. It just has to be a, we made a run at one time. Um, the Cousins era, and I'm not only blaming Kirk, but the Cousins era has been a failure compared to what was expected. And I don't think you can just say, well, it's Mike's fault. I think you need to say, well, it's Rick's fault as well. It's Mike's fault. Um, I, I want them to hire a new GM to bring in a, a new coach. So my only hope here is that they're not making a move right now because one you're not even worth being in the playoffs. Like, like you're, you don't deserve that seed bleep you. Like you just go away. But the other thing is, I think what we need to see here. And I think what the fans need to see is an overhaul and the new GM can pick the coach. The new coach can pick the OC and the DC and, and just as importantly too, those people can decide Kirk's fate. Yeah, and I hope that's the case, too. I hope it's not just Zimmer. Spielman needs to go as well. You need to do an entire overhaul because I don't trust this guy to put together a competent offensive line. You have yet to do it. And the one time you could say, okay, maybe the offensive line is not bad is when Case Keenum was a mobile quarterback and he was able to escape pressure. So you haven't been able to put together a competent offensive line up to this point. Why can we trust, trust you? to do it in the future. I don't trust you to figure out the successor to Kirk Cousins at quarterback. It needs to be done. And think about all the changes that needs to be made just on defense alone. The amount of one-year contracts this year, I mean, Anthony Barr, he's probably going to be gone. Michael Pierce, it makes sense to move on from him. What do you have? Daniel Hunter, maybe he comes back. You need to really overhaul this defense. So, 
I hope, if nothing else, I'm with you. If you're going to wait until the end of the season, the only benefit of doing that is you're going to fire the GM and the head coach at the same time. Because if you wait until the end of the season just to fire the head coach, then, I mean, my God, just sell the team. Just sell the team. Stop looking like a bunch of jackasses. Randy, I, I saw that the, yesterday's or Sunday's game against the Lions was so bad, you had to get jump back on Twitter, man. I saw I, I saw you Whoa. firing off the tweets, and I know you you've always said to us when we always talk off mic after shows, stay off the Twitter sphere, stay it off the best you can without getting without getting bit and sucked back in. But yeah. I don't blame you, dude. I don't after after what happened on Sunday, you had to vent, and I and I have no I have no shame, and I honestly applaud. Your tweets and 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 the way you went about it, dunking on fans for not just basically piling up the excuses for a coach and a team for the last basically two years who has completely underperformed. Yeah, so I've been getting a lot of flack for three years of just you don't understand Mike Zimmer, the continuity and the defense <laughs> that he brings to the table. And do you remember what life was like with Brad Childress? Brad Childress was actually a better coach than Mike Zimmer. That NFC Championship game. And albeit, yes, it was Brett Favre versus Case Keenum, but the team actually fought in 2009 versus 2017. So with all the flack that I've been getting, yeah, I'm going to pimp out my tape. I was right. So everyone that wants to end, listen, I'm not attacking the fans per se, but I'm just going out and shouting out to the rooftops. Don't all of a sudden be like, yeah, let's fire Mike Zimmer because that's the cool thing to do because now you realized it. I've been saying this for three years. And, I mean, these coaches, these coaches, these front office executives, the owners, they get paid all this money. I don't get paid anything to do this stuff. How did I know this before you did? I knew it. So everyone that came after me, what are you saying now? I, I don't – and I don't tweet at people very often, but there was this – what, I'm not going to go down this tangent, just some clown show that deserved to get showed up. But everybody came after me for years. You're just a loud mouth. You're a guy on YouTube. You don't have the credentials. You don't have a press pass. You don't know what you're – you're just some guy. Well, look at me now. That's all I got to say. No, bravo, man. You yeah. deserve it. And it's it's become – very frustrating to watch the Vikings in the past at least two years, if not more, really, Randy, bang their heads against the wall and do things that don't make sense. Um, I think we all said eight months back, you sure signing all these defensive guys, you know, are going to work. Shouldn't you sign a guard? Shouldn't you? And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, if I'm the Wilfs, I'm building up a case file against Rick and Mike so that when I fire them, I can open said file and share with them why I'm dismissing them. I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to Mike, and this has nothing to do with defense, and I don't care because this is something that he had to sign off on. It's week 13. You're about to play the Detroit Lions. Mm Mm-hmm. Your offensive line of late has been, I would call it stabilized. It's never great, but a lot of lines aren't great. But but it's stabilized. Uh, Mason Cole stepped in at center and done a halfway decent job. And Garrett Bradbury's been benched because he stinks. And instead of putting Rashad Hill back in, and, and I'm not a Rashad Hill stan, but he is a backup, a veteran backup tackle because if something happens to Darisaw or O'Neal, he can step in and play in a pinch, which this this was the definition of a pinch. You juggle three-fifths of a unit that needs to play as one. That's a fireable offense right there. And, And I'm talking about from your standpoint of observing it, mine, Declan's, the Wilfs, um... I am certainly not an offensive line guru or a genius, but, I, but I've but i seen enough of this sport and covered it enough to know that you can't just be like, oh, let's, let's piecemeal this together on purpose and hope she works. That is a recipe for a problem. This is not a running back, a, just a switch. This is not just a switch at tight end. No. 
Uh, these are the type of things where, where I think, to your point, it's now really jumped to shark, though, because they've gone from doing things that make you scratch your head to doing things that leave you dumbfounded. And there is a difference in my Yeah, it's TJ Clemmings all over again. And the Vikings, with the decisions that they have made, it's like watching a cartoon show. Like, growing yeah. up, I watched Tiny Toon Adventures or Looney mm-hmm. Tunes. That they're just constantly slipping on banana peels. Oli Udo, at least playing at guard, what I will say is that even if you mess up, you have the luxury of being inside. Maybe your guy that you're guarding bumps into the center or the tackle. You're taking the worst offensive lineman we have, which if both of these guys are playing, Bradbury and Udo, take your pick. But Bradbury not being in the picture, Oli Udo is the worst offensive lineman you have. You're going to put him at the most important position on the offensive line. So if he gets beat on the outside, that's it. There's nothing to talk about there. How many false starts did he have? I I, I just – Two more. Yeah, it's – but I will say, Rashad Hill, that was the more simple solution to put him at left tackle. But if you are going to make a shuffle, wouldn't it make more sense to take Ezra Cleveland a guy that played left tackle in college. And take that aside, at least he's already on the left side. So you just move him over one spot. Mason Cole, okay, move him over to left guard. He's still inside. Bradbury plays center. And Ole Udo and Brian O'Neill, they stay where they are at. That would make more sense. But taking Ole Udo playing right guard on the right side of the offensive line, moving him to the other side to play tackle, what went through their heads to say, this is a fantastic idea? And you trusted Rashad Hill enough to start the first five games. Like, just for that game, just for that game, keep it as simple as possible. And and look, um, it's no secret that Kirk Cousins is a creature of comfort, right? Like, he likes to know what – he likes to have stability. And you essentially said – Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shuffle this entire thing. Um, the the decisions this team has made from a, from the GM on down to the coaching staff and personnel standpoint this year, literally a lot of times, especially offensively, make zero sense. Um, you drafted Wyatt Davis in the third round, and this is the great. This is one of the great mysteries, like of of the Bible here. What's happened to him? Like in like in a hundred years, we're gonna we're gonna find out or something. Uh, but so you drafted him in the third round. He cannot get on the field. Like he can't play. We don't know exactly why, but he can't play. And shortly before training camp started, you took a guy who was a backup career tackle who was learning still, learned to play in the league, and you moved him to guard and said it'll work. And I remember telling people not that i was sure it wouldn't work but i remember saying let's not assume this here it's it's like the great thing about well he's not a very good uh fielder in baseball let's play him at first base anyone can play first base well that's not really necessarily true you know he can't oh man let's play him at guard he can play guard well you don't know that and it's been a disaster um my biggest problem is how many things they've done with a professional football team that's supposed to be good that we can first guess like that we're first guesses that we talked about. And we're like, I don't, and, and you hope for their sake, it works, but a lot of it has not worked. And I don't think you need to be a football guru or expert to go back and say, what were you guys thinking? Well, the Vikings are definitely the champions of the off season every year. And I blame myself for doing this every off season. I get up on my channel and say, oh, this was a great move, this was a great draft, I can see how this will all work out. You drafted Wyatt Davis, and for whatever reason, you don't want to play him. So it takes me back to guys like Jarius Wright. We're not going to play him. We's going to play Laquan Treadwell. It's it just the most obvious things to do. It's just let's complicate it. Let's just throw it all in the trash and start from scratch. I don't understand, but at the same time, it gets to a point where, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep making an embarrassment out of yourselves. Because now, I think the difference now, this time around, compared to three years ago when I was sounding the horn on this team, now the national media 
is getting on the Vikings. Now you've become a national embarrassment. Everybody is getting on the Vikings case. So I don't think the Wolf brothers are used to that type of heat. So keep doing what you've been doing. Play Ole Udo at left tackle against TJ Watt on Thursday. Have a great time. Don't play Wyatt Davis. Just do everything that you've been doing so it gets worse and worse so we can end this clown show sooner rather than later. You know, Randy, what confuses me is it, it feels like even though they've spent a lot of draft capital on offensive linemen, they've been afraid to go in free agency to get one. I mean, Alex Boone yeah. was the last legitimate offensive lineman they went out and addressed. That was five years ago, five-plus years ago, because it happened in the offseason going into 2016. And look, Boone, who has contributed to the show, we love Alex Boone. I know he got cut after his second year because he didn't want to restructure. I don't, I don't fault someone who doesn't want to restructure money. I understand that, even if he didn't live up to the full contract. But you would think that if you can look at from 2017 to 2020, what's the one position, what's the one area that this team has needed drastic improvement on? Offensive line. I think you yeah. pulled Vikings fans, you pull if you pulled the league executives, if you pulled a bunch of people, they need to go get offensive line. And they've been afraid to do so. And drafting them is fine. We can get all hyped up about Wyatt Davis, yeah. but then when there's egg on the face that the development isn't working, it's even more infuriating why you weren't in on someone like Lindsley in the offseason or you weren't in on Joe and I think they were reportedly in on Joe Thune, but you would think that if this is gonna be the one area we have to improve Go out and spend the money. I'd rather them spend the money on something like that over giving a bunch of money to a safety and a defensive tackle. It, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and they could have had Josh Myers from the draft, who is now the Packers center. I think he's out for the year. He's on IR, if I'm not mistaken. But before that, they really loved him. He played great for them. But, And I think they – Riley Reef did he come after Alex yeah. Boone, or was that the same year? I think he came after. So they did get Reef and Remmers. He came okay. when Khalil. He came when Khalil left, which I think was after the Boone mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, but they they. The one thing I will say is that with other teams, I feel like they're able to look themselves in the mirror for the most part and say, "Okay, what is going wrong with here with this team? Let's address it head on." And the Vikings, they just do the same old. And this is your YouTube channel, so I have to be very careful to not release certain words on this show because I respect you guys. Thank you. They keep doing the same old stuff every year, and they keep getting the same results. Forget Wyatt Davis. Last year, I remember getting so excited when the Vikings drafted Ezra Cleveland. They missed out on Trent Williams. Oh, my God. What a good contingency plan that was. (laughs) Left tackle, we are set. And almost immediately, we're playing him at guard. If you want a guard so bad, why not just draft a guard? Why does this have to be just juggling a bunch of tractor tires all the time? But it's because Rick Spielman and that ego of his, he is so intelligent. He is so smart to be making so – he's too damn smart to be making this many stupid decisions. I don't understand it, but – like I said, keep doing what it is that you're doing. They don't have the integrity within themselves to say, this is not working. Let's change it. Let's just keep doing what we're doing, and it's going to change. That is the literal definition of insanity. You're exactly right. And the thing, but so the thing with Rick is he takes, so he takes Cleveland, and we all think, hey, they got their left tackle. Uh, what Rick thinks is, I've outsmarted the system because tackles are athletic, and I'll move him to guard, and he'll play guard, and he'll be athletic, and he can pull and do all of those things. And, and I, I mean, the one thing, the one thing that Zimmer had right in the springtime, Randy, that he talked about was they had become so in love with the zone blocking scheme, which takes athletic, lean linemen. Zimmer finally said, we got to get some bulk again. Basically, we got to have some guys that can kick ass up front, and we don't have that. I mean, Bradbury's, you know, my size or something. So um, this is where Rick's on the hook, too. Like, I, I know we're all frustrated with Mike, and I think defensively, Mike has completely lost his fastball, and with that gone, there's really no no need to keep him as coach. Um, and I know that he is 
rightfully so, taken the bulk of the criticism. But if you look closer and closer what Rick has done, it's a real problem, too. And I will say this, and this is why I want fresh sets of eyes here. I will say this. I think you have some very nice components of a team that if you get the right people here to make the right moves and jettison the right players to create cap room, this doesn't need to be a long, brutal period of of Vikings football coming up. I think you've got the ability to pivot this thing fairly quickly. And I'm not saying a Super Bowl great team, but I am saying if you use your current uh your current personnel that has value correctly, I don't think this is like a oh, it's gonna be a four year plan. I think it can be a I think you can be damn competitive quickly because that's how much I, I think between the GM and the coaching staff, they are misusing the personnel that is valuable that they currently have. Well, you definitely have some pieces that you can build off of right now heading into 22 on offense. Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy, that's great. Alexander Madison is not bad. Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith Jr., he'll be healthy, assuming so next season. K.J. Osborne, Brian O'Neill, Christian yeah. Darasaw. I think there is promise there, although the last two games that he played, he wasn't so great. But you have some pieces there on defense. You still have Eric Kendricks. Daniel Hunter, if you can bring him back, that would be great. But you have to really overhaul it. I agree with you. I don't think it has to be this lull period where you become the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Detroit Lions. I don't think that at all. But take any coach forget Mike Zimmer and let's say Rick Spielman is still the GM take any coach what coach can seriously work with a general manager that puts together an offensive line of paper mache just athletic guys whereas once you get deeper into the playoffs if the Vikings are able to do that you're going up against guys like Kenny Clark you're going up against Nick Bosa. You're going up against some really strong dudes to where, okay, if you can move out in space, that's all well and good. But when that doesn't matter, when it's brute strength versus strength, that athleticness, if that's all you have, you're going to get beat every single time. You have pieces in place. If you have a general manager that just looks at the team for what it is, not saying, look at me, I can, I can just outsmart the rest of the league and look what I'm doing right now. If you have a general manager that looks at this team for what it is, if you can put together an offensive line, and let's say Kirk Cousins is still here, because Zimmer and Spielman should be gone. I'm kind of 50-50 on Kirk. I do think the Vikings can win with him, but the margin of error is definitely a lot smaller compared to other quarterbacks out there, because my thing is, who's behind door number two? Who do you go after? That's up to the next general manager and head coach to decide. But if you can plug in a few holes here and there, the Vikings, I mean, to their credit, they've been in every single, and I hate the fact that I'm having to say this, they've been in every single game, including the two games against the Detroit Lions. They were right there, and yes, they won the first game 19-17, to 17, but every single game they have been right there. This is not an awful team. Firing the head coach and the general manager does not mean, okay, we're in, football purgatory for the next five years i think it's a real simple rebuild for me randy we uh on mackie and judd today we we kind of looked over just some candidates that the vikings could possibly hire this year to replace mike zimmer as head coach and some names that we threw out were nathaniel hackett packers uh quote-unquote oc brian dabble in buffalo eric b enemy in kansas city a name who's been in and out of this uh of the coaching search for basically the last few years kellen moore Cowboys offensive coordinator is a young and up-and-coming player. Uh, Byron Leftwich, Josh McDaniels, Doug Peterson. Is there any of those names that at least intrigue you um, that you would at least be very hopeful on that could be maybe the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? Yes, I do. Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl-winning mm-hmm. head coach. And what really stands out to me about Dayball and Bieniemy. These are guys that they have shown, they have proven, they can get players to buy in to what it is that they're saying. They can relate to players to where what we have right now, and I'm done with the, oh, Zimmer. Zimmer, just 
calling it like it is. Zimmer's a guy, it's my way or the highway. This is what I want to do. I'm going to fit square pegs into round holes. This is just my system here. But the enemy and Dayball, they can get players to really buy in. That's what we need right now. Because when I see a guy like Cam Dantzler at the end of the Lions game, just lazy as all hell, standing around, slouched, not in a defensive stance, that's a problem. Kellen Moore, I ju- Kellen Moore and I would put Byron Leftwich in the same category. I don't know. I, I, I need to see more. Because I feel like for some guys, and this doesn't necessarily have to apply to them, but I'm just saying it straight up, Pat Shermer, this definitely falls in his category. Some guys are better suited as coordinators, and that's okay. Being a head coach of an entire team, you have to get all three phases to buy into what it is that right. you're selling. So Dayball, enemy, Doug Peterson, those are the three guys that I'm looking at. And I, I think with the era of football that we are in right now, I would I want to see that, that them go out and get an offensive guy. Yes. But you bring up the intangible factor that's so incredibly important, which is you can't hire another guy who is just one side of the ball. And now – I don't care about defense. Ah, offense, offense, offense. Um, you need to have a coach who gets the entire team on the same page, who can coach the entire team. Uh, I'm so tired of this one-dimensional, you know, well, I don't meet with these guys, or I don't meet with uh, – the most important thing to me is is that you know offense, but you have the ability to lead men, which is what yes. this job is. I, I, I mean, there's no sport that's as as militant, right, as yeah. this sport. Like, this sport is buy-in, and people have to follow you. And, I mean, it's a brutal sport. It's a terrible sport. I love it. It's fun to watch. But, I mean, I wouldn't play it for for all the cash out there because it shortens your life, and you got to be crazy. So – I think you need to have that. And I think that, that that's the most important thing because you are going to need someone to come in and galvanize this team. Yes. And and so here's the intangible thing about Cousins that I think is the most interesting discussion that some folks are going to hate, but I don't care. Um, and it's this. Physically, Kirk Cousins can win a lot. Physically, he has the talent. If given the right offensive line, um, Kirk Cousins can make a ton of plays. He's not perfect, but he's damn good. But what I want the new GM and coach to judge is, mentally, does he have the head to win? Uh, Because I see so many times that I see, and I've seen this in different sports too, and it's never a good thing. Uh, I see panic. I see trying to deflect blame. I see a guy that doesn't, own the game and i'm not even saying owning the losses i'm saying own the game because we're talking about trying to get a roster here that can win a championship so i'm not talking about one playoff win that was sure fun and now we're going home and i'll see you at training camp i'm talking about a brutal run through the postseason in a league where it is tough as hell to win in the winter it's tough as hell to beat the teams that you play so that's why I really think it's important to allow the new GM and coach to judge Cousins. Uh, my inclination is he doesn't have that factor, that it factor. Um, get, if you could take Case Keenum's brain and head and plop it on Cousins' body, you'd have a guy going to Canton. Uh, but you can't do that. So that's where I find this whole thing to be a really interesting tightrope type of discussion and tightrope thing of the Wilfs who are going to have to get this right if they are going to get what they want because it can't just be I'm an offensive guy now and I'm here to save the day defense what are you talking about it needs to be a guy that can coach an entire team and can really soundly judge positions that if they're not right you're not going to win and that's why I go back and forth on Cousins because he has shown at times that if you piss him off enough he can play the dude. He it's almost like he needs that extra motivation at times. There was that Eagles player. I want to say in 2019, that linebacker who called him out. And then after, and I was in attendance for that game at us bank stadium after the Vikings beat the Eagles, that linebacker, he got cut. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been in the league since it was cam Jordan. The same year 
the 2019 playoffs, he went on Rich Eisen's show and said, yeah, Kirk Cousins, we're not scared of him. But this is why I say that with Kirk Cousins, I don't, I'm not giving him an excuse at all because he made too many, he settled for way too many checkdowns on Sunday. But coming from Washington, where Dan Snyder gushed over RG3, and once he was out the picture and I got to settle for Kirk Cousins, okay, yeah, okay, you're my quarterback, fine, whatever, to going to a head coach in Minnesota where all he cares about the defense, and I'm finally going to watch film with you in year eight of my head coaching career, but year four that you're here. And yeah, after, what was that, Carolina, and they, yeah, this is great, like, Okay, in the middle of the season, that's great. That's all well and good. But Kirk Cousins, he needs someone that's going to actually support him. We can say, you know what, you're a grown-ass man. You're making all this money. Your biology is who you are. Some guys, they need a head coach or they need a mentor. And I'm speaking as someone who has struggled with confidence my entire life, basically, whereas Sometimes if you have that motivation factor, if you have that external piece there, I don't think he's gotten a fair shot. It kind of reminds me of this is kind of apples to oranges. When Adrian Peterson was going through his whole legal issues, and I think this was 20, uh, 2014, and I was saying, and he wanted to leave. The Minnesota Vikings, I want to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I want to go to another team. I want to go somewhere else. This is ridiculous. And I was saying to myself, man, I just want to see Teddy Bridgewater with Adrian Peterson just one time. Just how could that work out? I feel the same way with Kirk Cousins. I would love to see Kirk Cousins with a Brian Dable and Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen coming out of, he went to, if I'm not mistaken, the University of Wyoming. He struggled with accuracy issues. And the last, well, yeah, they they just lost to the Patriots on Sunday night. Was that Monday night? Sunday night? Monday. Whatever that was. Yesterday. Okay. But besides that point, he's been an MVP candidate. He's played a lot better since his college days. I would love to see Kirk Cousins with a head coach who actually gives a damn about his quarterback and about the team overall. I think that could make a difference. But at the same time, if that new head coach and GM feels that we need to move on, Mm -hmm. then go for it. I will trust your judgment. That's kind of where I'm at too, Randy. I mean, as as hard as we are on Kirk, um, I I, I am intrigued. You know, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in the world. He's gotten everything out of Jimmy Garoppolo and more. Imagine what he would do with Kirk. I mean, look, Jimmy G has won everywhere you go, and QB stats is – uh, uh, sometimes an overrated statistics or, or yeah. is, a, is a misguided statistic. But imagine like what Kyle Shanahan could do with someone like Kirk if he was at the helm. I'm even intrigued by that. That's someone who has been – I've been as critical as Kirk as, as anyone. Um, it's, an, it's, it's intriguing to me. He has to be motivated. He absolutely has to be motivated. Um, looking ahead to that Thursday night football, Randy, are, mm-hmm. do, do you think – is this going to be classic Viking situation where now that they've lost two in a row and people are starting to write them off, their playoff win – or playoff window is dwindling, but albeit it's not dead yet. Is this a game where the Vikings finally do get right and do on a short week, get an upset win against the Steelers at home? I have no idea. I don't know anymore. I've given all you care. I don't care. See, I care. I'm to the point of not caring either. (laughs) I care as a YouTuber and someone Mm -hmm. who covers this team. I'll talk about it. But as far as the fan in me, no, I don't care. I, I actually thought that the Lions game was going to be the get-right game after losing to the Niners, and it should have been. They haven't before then. They were winless. You should have beat the Lions. I figured that would have been, okay, they're going to win. They'll be 6-6, and and then they'll lose to the Steelers. I don't know. This offensive line is in shambles, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of every single game. I would like to watch one game. Win or lose by a thousand points. Just, just you know what? Just let it be a game where okay, one team they just don't have it together. Every single game where these poor Vikings fans. I mean, you need to call your health insurance provider and make sure <laughs> that Minnesota Vikings fandom is covered under your policy. Every single game is coming to the wire or coming under the wire. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same deal. If I had to pick this game, I would say they're going to lose, but I don't know. And I don't care. These games, boys, they can leave you surly and furious, which is why I always have my surly furious IPA close by. Because you know what? Ironically enough, surly furious takes the edge off these close games. It helps you take the edge off and calm down until change comes. Um, Randy, you know what though? Here's the problem, and, and, and this is what this is why I, I think I said this two months back. I'll say it again. This is why I think this team's despicable. Because when when you say that, you know, sometimes you got a team, the cardiac kids, right? Like, how about those Vikings? All these close games, and they win a bunch of them, and and sure. like they're whole, they're hanging in there, and it's fun to watch. Um, it still is a stressor, but it's like, you know, okay, that's my team. That's not this team. This team finds a way to make the games close. This yeah. team, I just, I don't like this team. And, and it's not like a personal thing against the players as people, but this is just as a collection. I don't think it's a likable team. I don't think it's an adoptable team. Um, and what you're talking about, I think pisses people off rightfully so. Because it's not a, oh, the Vikings were in another close game. Did Bob, did, did you see it on Sunday? It's more like, oh, Bob, here we go again. Um, I just don't see, I, I don't find any redeeming qualities about this group. Do you? I Like beyond Jefferson, who I love. I was about but, to say Justin Jefferson. But, but I mean, as a group, do you it, find yeah. anything redeeming about them as a group? No, because they play up or down to their opponents. They don't yeah. have their own identity. The Minnesota Vikings, actually, if we are going to give them an identity, I'm a nerd through and through. And a lot of people may not know about this right guy. <laughs> but in the Marvel series, this guy hasn't been covered. He hasn't been in any movies or anything like that. But there's a villain called Chameleon. The Chameleon is a guy mostly in the, I believe, the Spider-Man universe. Chameleon is a guy that transforms based off of who he's fighting. He can transform and mimic Spider-Man. He can mimic, I don't know, uh, the Green Goblin. He can mimic whoever. That is the Minnesota Vikings. They don't have their own identity. They leech off of whoever it is that they're playing, and that's why the game is so close, whether it's a really good team that they're facing or if it's a lowly team like the Detroit Lions. They don't have any redeeming qualities or any likable qualities as a unit, there are separate pieces there. Right. But no, as far as a group, I can't stand this team. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I mean, I, Randy, I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. Actually, Mackie, Jen, and myself are huge baseball fans. We had high expectations with this Twins team in 2021. And, and baseball is 162 games, it's a sprint, it takes forever. The game is dying, and that's a whole other story in its own right. But when they lost and got walked off blowing a three-run lead on opening day, and it's, it's pretty easy to lose embarrassing on opening day and be like, you'll be fine. You have 161 more games. Yeah. It set a tone of just despicable things that continue to happen for the team over the next 30 days that by May 1st, a month later after the season, only 25, 30 games in, we were done. We, we were just like, this is, this is clearly not even going to turn around. It's despicable. I want nothing to do with this team. The way people cover this team is, is embarrassing. It, and it's, it's, it sucks because it's the same thing with Vikings fans. You're passionate about your team. You want your team to be successful. And you also want honest coverage. And you want honest honesty from the players and the coaches and all this stuff. And it can sometimes then skew your perception because now, now it's heartache. Now it's now it's you're toying with my emotions, man. It's it's way more than just wins and losses. But you know what the twins did, and I appreciate this. They got out of the way. If you're gonna suck, suck. Yeah. Um, I hate teams that are like, oh, we're gonna hang around. Oh, because like you're like like right now, right? You're like, okay, you're dead, right? Oh, wait till Thursday against Pittsburgh, and and then they'll win that game. Um, I would much rather have a team define itself and say we're gonna win three games. Yeah, and and I'll say, well, okay, I don't like you, but cool, thank you. Um, the Wild used to do the same crap. Every time you'd be like, okay, you're dead now. Oh no, no, we're gonna pop back up. Which is why I do, which is part of the reason why I don't want Zimmer fired. As bad a job as I think 
he's doing, I want to do everything I can to shovel the dirt on this entire thing. Like, <laughs> I don't want to the ground. Well, and well, and plus, I, you know, keep in mind, too, when the Wilfs went to Frazier after Childress and Les is a I love Les. Nicest guy he's I've ever met. Unbelievable man. Yeah. So this is nothing against him. Uh, but, you know, he had some success and they're like, well, he. He's our coach. It's like, you sure about that? You might want to conduct a search, gentlemen. Um, I don't want to give anybody, and and, and as far as I I can tell, uh, Patterson, who would get the job, also a great guy, like a good man. But I don't want to tempt anybody to say, Andre Patterson stepped in, and did you see what he did? Let's hire him. Yeah, that's a good point. So I I just want the dirt shoveled on the season because I know these bozos are still going to do their best (laughs) Uh, to raise up from the dead and be like, oh, we we just beat Pittsburgh. See, you guys don't believe, and you just wait till that Chicago game, which, by the way, they could win. Um, I'm just done here. So, so like, at least what Dex is is, uh, talking about with the Twins, a month in, they were dead. So you could just be like, click, you're done. Yeah. I hate teams that are like, oh, no, we're resilient. In fact, that to me is what makes them unlikable. It, that's been the case every single year. And you bring up such a good point because beyond the it would be so Vikings if they lost to the Lions and all that stuff we talk about on the football field, it would be so Vikings if they were to do a midseason firing to then bring on an Andre Patterson, so to speak. And, yeah, wow, he did a good job. We're going to keep him another year. No, burn it all to the ground. Right. It's over. So in that respect, I have to agree with you. As and much then, as I hate seeing this guy on the sidelines yeah. and just, oh, yeah, we're going to figure it out. No, you're not. But you know what? For the greater good, coach the rest of the season. I'm with you. Well, and then because Rick would then say, oh, I found Patterson, too. That's oh. my guy. And I'm going to stick oh. around. I, I want to, again, I want there to be files that say Spielman, Zimmer on them. And they are paper trail files of why you're being fired. Not, not Rick you know, Rick trying to convince them, let's fire Mike now, and then let's see what, what Andre can do. And when Dre does a good job, you know, we'll take this thing home. No, 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 no. I'm, do- I'm done. I'm done. My patience has been tapped. I don't want any more because, um, you know, they're going to come back. I mean, I mean that, that's sort of Kirk's thing, too. And, I, I mean, you, you put it perfectly. Somebody pushes Kirk, and then Kirk pushes back. And when Kirk pushes back, it's a little bit different. Then, then check down Kirk. Um, so I just want to remove all obstacles to, well, maybe what we saw in those last five games was, maybe that was something. And I just want to yeah. create a simple, uh, not acrimonious, as I said, but, you know, just bang. You're just done with everything. Yeah, as much as I will be so happy when this head coach is gone. And, oh, well, he's going to be unemployed. He's going to be just fine. He has a dope-ass ranch in Kentucky. He's super rich. <laughs> He's going to be just fine. But as much as I'm going to be so happy when he's gone, I'm going to be holding my breath at the same time. Because I'm going to need Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter to, all, right after they tweet, Zimmer's gone, I'm going to need that same tweet a couple of seconds later, Rick Spielman is also gone. Because if that doesn't happen, then I, I just feel like, I feel like Rick Spielman, based off of how he goes about the draft and his players, that because Zimmer is so rough around the edges, he'll stick around and say, I want the opposite. I want a guy who's going to be a yes man. So this head coach is now an extension of me, in which case, as happy as I am that Zimmer is gone, we're still basically the Marvin Lewis-led Cincinnati Bengals. You got to clean this whole thing out. Yes, and I don't trust Rick to pick the next coach. No. And I also don't trust him to be the the person that picks the next QB because you tell me, going back to Ponder, and Teddy was unfortunate. I get that. Okay, yeah. that's really yeah. sad. Uh, but, but beyond that, which I still think came from Norv, who is a good offensive mind saying, take this kid. Um, I don't think Rick Spielman's ever found – the most important position at sports. And I don't have a faith now that he, that he's going to suddenly, you know, lock on. I mean, Kellen Mond, I, again, has anybody seen Wyatt Davis? 
Has anybody seen Kellen Mond? Are there milk cartons with them on them? I'm assuming Sean Mannion has taken all the reps away from Kellen Mond that he should be getting. So if he were, let's say if he were the backup next year, Kellen Mond, he would essentially be a rookie all over again. He would have to start over. I don't trust this GM to figure out an offensive line or quarterback. So besides that, everything else is great. You got wide receivers and you got a running back that can kind of stay healthy and you got a defense that's in shambles. Woo, we're on the right path, baby. Dex, final thoughts from you? I mean, even if you beat the Steelers, like Randy said, I mean, you could you could get right and that's fine. And there's such a path. There's still a uh, path to get to that seven seed, but it it's becoming despicable. The loss to the Lions was, in my opinion, Randy was the worst this season. It was worse than the missed field goal. It was worse than the Cooper rush. It was it was worse. You lost to a winless team, dude. Yeah, that it was, was painful. As much and last week I was on this show and said they're going to beat the Lions. It's going to be fine. And even on that final drive. They're going to stop Jared Goff. Right. Jared Goff is yes. so awful. I thought, yes, I thought you know with the Rams, he, he gets a bad rep. He's, he's not that bad of a quarterback. He is terrible. He's bad. And I said, up to that final play, oh Vikings, they they I, always do this. They make it close, but they're going to come out on top. They'll be six and six. And look at us now. We just got to focus on this team. They need to lose to this team. And when those text messages came in before that final play, I said, oh no. Are you serious? You're about to really lose to the well, the bleep alliance, really? And yeah. you did it. No, so if you beat the Steelers, you're six and seven. I just, I just, I want this to be over. We're what? Twelve games in, five games left to go. Yes. If we gotta go through this and five more games of Zimmer, fine. But my God, let this be over. Don't get. I hate that the NFL opened up a seventh seat. The seventh seat, regardless of who is going to be there. That's going to be a terrible team. I agree completely. It, it, that's a joke. That seed's a joke. Yeah. And if 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 they somehow make the seventh seed and, oh, my God, win a playoff game and, whoa, okay, now we just need to do these couple of things and we're going to run it back, my God, just burn it all to the ground. That's where I'm at. I'm with you, sir. I am exactly I'm exactly in the same camp. Up, but before, before we go, plug your stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Realistic underscore Randy. My YouTube channel, just search Realistic Randy. Instagram, I honestly don't even know what my handle is. Just <laughs> search me and you'll find me You're there. back on Twitter. That's that's the, that's the I, breaking I, news. I just, broken. after losing to the Lions, yeah. I had to pimp out my takes. I had to go ahead and just what? do you a three I'm glad I to had to that. do three years of hearing that you're just a YouTuber and you don't know anything, you don't know sports, and what do you know? I have a press pass, and you don't. After hearing all that for three years, mm, it feels so good. Those press passes are really important. Yeah, well, really continuity. Impo- continuity. Really Remember important. that? You got that thing around your neck, you know, you got the you got the thing ha- hanging from it. Oh, boy. It's important. All right, uh, Dex, plug our stuff, and then we can go. Yeah, hit that, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button on this video. If you want daily Minnesota Vikings content, uh, subscribe right here. We had Alex Boone on yesterday. We'll have a second Ventline episode in five days, obviously right after Thursday night, uh, oh, right yeah. here on this channel as well. So we'll be uh, uh, have our ears to the ground. We'll be pumping out plenty of content for you right here. And if you want additional Minnesota sports content, subscribe to Score North MN for Vikings, Twins, Wild, Wolves, Secondary uh, Vikings conversations. Not too much Twins. Not don't, too much Twins conversations. Don't sweat, don't, don't sweat that. <laughs> don't, don't, we don't, don't do worry much about Twins that these days. That. They're locked out. <laughs> but but like, rate, like, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, which is a central hub for everything we do. For Judd Zolgad, for Realistic Randy, we will be back tomorrow.